Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Hope everything's going well for your day today, sir. Thursday. It is. We're approaching the weekend. A lot of things to talk about today, Bill. I got to ask you, do you think that that President Trump is getting a square deal, an honest shake, as they would say, uh, with uh, that trial in New York with this woman, E. Jean Carroll? Or, I mean, they are burying the guy with allegations. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, well, a, it's amazing. Fair shake, no. Uh, he's not. Uh, and everything they're bringing, bringing up, uh, you know, they, they talk about that locker room piece of audio when he was set up for that to begin with. And it was privately recorded. And, you know, I'm sorry, but used to be in the court of law, that thing would have been thrown out and the person that recorded it would be up mm -hmm. against charges for that because you can't do that. But here and there, you know, the only mistake that Trump made was he engaged in locker room conversation. And but that was guy, that was done on something completely different. Yes. You're talking about the all access tape with Billy Bush, which yeah. was recorded when he didn't know he was being recorded. And if you recorded almost every guy, you know, at some point or another in their life, uh, they probably have uh, moments where they would never want anybody to hear what they said. Oh, I'm sure that uh, not me, but uh, I'm sure the guys have uh, embellished their sexual prowess. Yes. And, uh, you know, all of that. And uh, listen, ladies, before you go, oh, yeah, rah, rah. Think about it now. I know what happens when girls get together and talk. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not naive. Yeah, you know, well. I'm dated. I've been married. And listen, I've listened to, you know, when I had nothing to do and the ladies had a get together and it was at our place. I heard the conversation. But here's the but thing. I knew better than to say anything about him. The judge, Kaplan, who is a Clinton appointee, uh, he has actually chastised President Trump for defending himself on his social media sites. He he actually went out and made some comments about the case, saying these are ridiculous allegations. She's never been my type in any way. I would never have been interested in her. And uh, she can't even remember the dates and the times that she supposedly had these uh, these uh, relations with uh, you know President Trump. It's, it's actually a case that would have been thrown out for most everybody else in the world except for Donald Trump. This is totally political. Yeah, it is. And, you know, a couple of points of reference for the judge. Number one, you're, in, you're supposed to be impartial. You shouldn't be casting doubt this way or that way or opinion this way or that way. And I get the point you're saying, judge, and listen, judge, here's the deal. You're sitting there saying the circle that you run in of people, the circle of people you run in mm -hmm. is a direct reflection on you. Okay. If that's the case, who appointed you as judge? Uh, Bill, Bill Clinton. Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and there's a dress that uh, never was clean that points yes. to his White House moral yeah. character, and he appointed you as a judge. So uh, I'm going to go on the record as saying, Judge, you're no saint. Here's, here's what I think. Innocent. I think that the Bragg case, I think this case, by the way, she said she was paying for this uh, case out of her own pocket and That's come BS. and come to find out the uh, guy who was the founder of LinkedIn, 
the billionaire who's got, you know, made all of his money with LinkedIn is funding her. By the yeah. way, I, by the way, LinkedIn can, I, I mean, I, they can stick it. I, I'm done with LinkedIn because I didn't realize that the guy was so much of a political, uh, a political instigator. You know, all, all these uh, all these social sites have that, except for maybe Twitter, where Elon's trying to change things. But you know, you got to wonder, Bill. You got to wonder. You got uh, Facebook uh, and their ownership uh, being leftist. You got LinkedIn mm -hmm. and their ownership being leftist. You have Twitter, and they were leftist until Musk bought them. And by the way, that was a forced sale. He literally pressured uh, the management at, at uh, Twitter to sell. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. Mm, you got to wonder whether is, is the whole social media thing uh, phony, too. You know, you've heard stories that the CIA, for example, actually developed Facebook. And people may say, what? Why would the CIA uh, develop Facebook? Apparently, they wanted something where they could get people to voluntarily offer their personal information to make it easier for them to build files on them, make it attractive for people to put down their their favorite thing, you know, their what they were doing today, where they live, when they were in the high school, all that stuff was right there at Facebook. And um, they hey, look. Politics has been dirty for a long time. You could be an up-and-coming senator or congressperson, and you've got designs on the White House, and let's say you create a bill or something like that, and it's out there. They'll martyr you to sit there and pass that bill, to sit there and empower themselves, embolden themselves with John Q. Public to have control and get their agenda. E. Carroll, though, let's look at her, because back in the beginning when supposedly Trump raped her, well, another guy supposedly raped her, you know, and, and her her answer to that was call her friends and relate the story with them. So, you know, if, if this comes up 20, 30, 40 years from now, you can back up the story. G.E., uh, what you should have done was call the police, get a DNA kit, get some evidence so that you could sit there and prosecute right then and right there. Right. And at least there would have been a, a, a police record of it, you know, but no, you're going back to hearsay and whatnot. Now she is, she's, she's a feminist and she's written a lot of books. As a matter of fact, she's doing a book tour right now. Is this a promotional stunt for her to promote her book? Who needs men? She said she had a dress like, uh, Monica Lewinsky. She had a dress with some DNA on it. So Trump said, show me the dress, show us Bring the dress, it Bring it yeah, out. You should be able to get well, the no, DNA. I, I can't do that. Why? I don't know. She said, I don't know that you heard the interview with her and Anderson Cooper, but she said she she said she didn't really have rape rape. It was like uh, a different kind of rape. She didn't say it was your standard, you know, uh, rape as we know it. It was something different. She also said in the interview that, well, rape is considered sexy. She said wow. that. You know, the definition of rape is it's it's not the... It's a violent act. It's a violent act, and even a violent act can be less than that. You could sit there and say, now listen here and lay your hand on their shoulder lightly. That is non-consensual, and that is rape. You take their hand and say, 
come on with me. I want to show you something. That is rape. If they say they didn't want you to take their hand, even if they held the hand out, if you, you know, the mere touching of anybody anywhere, mm-hmm. wiping the sweat off their brow, if they go, I didn't want him to do that or take his hanky out and go pat, 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 it, it offended me. Guess what? Well, you know, that's rape. With this case, what, what she's saying is that uh, any, any man at any time in his life can be accused of something he did, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Well, I mean, that, that went out. You know, she's 79 years old, Bill. Yeah. She's 79 years old. She's talking about something that happened back in the mid 90s. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't buy the rape thing uh, at all. And, uh, you know, has, has Trump been a ladies' man over the years? Maybe, maybe not. Probably well, let so. Let me ask you a question. So the 80s and 90s worked with everybody, but, you know, well, yeah, let me ask you this a question. is not that case. You're, you, let's say you're Donald Trump. You're, you, in the 90s, he was a dashingly good-looking guy. I mean, he was, you know, in his youth, he was movie star handsome. He was worth a billion dollars. You know, he had more money than we can imagine. He had private planes back in the 90s, never mind now. The mm-hmm. guy had buildings named after him. So he lived in a lifestyle that we can only dream about, right? He lived that mm-hmm. lifestyle. So... He would have people flaunting themselves, people yeah. trying to cozy up to him all the time. I'll bet you he couldn't sit down for a moment without somebody trying to impress him, somebody trying to uh, curry his favor. And, you know, he had to live with this. Now, let's say he was hypothetically, let's say at some point uh, some attractive woman came over to him and uh, was very warm to him, and maybe he put his arm around her just for a second. Is that an unwanted sexual act? And her, I mean, can she come back at him and say he groped me when I didn't ask to be groped? Well, anybody that has the potential of being a public figure or is a public figure, when somebody comes up, hey, let's get a picture. How many times have you wanted to get a picture oh, yeah. with a star? But when they take that picture and that picture can come out later on in life and they can say, yeah, you know, here we, we were an item man, but you know, he, he took advantage of the fact that we were just friends, but here we are together. Well, now you've just changed the whole narrative of the story and the context of that picture when it was just a, yeah, he was at an event. You came up and said, Hey, can I get a picture with you? Mr. Trump shirt. I'll bet you he has a, uh, millions of pictures. I mean, this guy, every event he goes to, uh, somebody wants to go next to him to have a picture taken. Every event. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just when he was running for president or when he was president, but even when he was just Donald Trump entrepreneur. You you can see pictures all over the place. Just do a search. Donald Trump, 90s, and then look for an image of him. You'll see all sorts of different images of the guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not justifying, you know, rape. I just think that at everything that's being charged right now against Donald Trump is political. I think what they want to do, their scheme, is to keep him busy in court between now and 2024, the election, and keep him off the campaign trail, and to also keep his name uh, in the headlines 
in connection with different types of uh, lawsuits and allegations. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned this yesterday. The process is the is the punishment. In their mm-hmm. minds, it's not whether they're going to win, you know, because odds are in a fair world, he will win. He will be victorious. But if they can uh, besmirch the guy, if they can r- take his reputation and drag it through the mud on a daily basis, if they can inundate him with allegations on all of these crappy networks like MSNBC and CNN and even Fox now. I mean, Fox has shown its true colors, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, even if, if, they, if they can do this, to the guy, they figure they can maybe uh, drag him down to a point where they can win again. Nobody has done more to hurt this country in the history of our country than this president we have right now. The things that he has done to hurt you, your family, it's just mind-boggling, Bill. Mind-boggling. This guy has has taken at our borders and removed them altogether. He has drugs pouring across. He has gotten involved with human trafficking. His son has sold uh, access to the highest uh, levels of our government to the Chinese, our, our, our enemy. I mean, this guy is a traitor, but he has the gonads to get up on, on television and smile to the camera you know, in, in his in his goofy way and say, we need four more years. And I'm sure there are some people out there, I, it's hard to imagine anybody can look at what he's done to this country over the last two and a half years and even consider vote for the, voting for this guy again. But there are people out there. There are numbskulls who just don't pay attention, who just don't like Trump who just don't like Trump, so they will vote for anybody. Even if, if Adolf Hitler were running for president, they would vote for that guy over Trump. That's how, how, how angry and how confused so many people are nowadays. Um, but yeah, it's the old anybody but Trump uh, thing that they did before. They're doing it again. Yep. They're besmirching his name. So at some point in time, it's like a football team out there. You might have the losing football team. But you're down to, uh, you know, fourth and goal with uh, 20 seconds on yes. the clock. Or maybe, you know, you've got the whole 50 yards to run. But, you know, here comes the Hail Mary. Does that mean that you really earned the win? Probably not, but you did because that's just the way it was scored. They're looking for their little Hail Mary thing against Trump. You know, it doesn't yeah. mean that they're the better team. And that he is a bad guy, it just means that they've thrown enough crap out there. Sooner or later, something sticks to the wall. You know, it may wash off later, but it will be too late then. Yesterday, Asa Hutchinson, former governor of Arkansas, threw his hat into the ring for the presidency and the Republican ticket. This guy has absolutely no clue about where we are as a country. He he believes the war in the Ukraine is a good thing and we should continue it. Uh he believes that Donald Trump should should step away from the the uh, candidacy because he has too many uh, legal things going on. I mean, this guy shouldn't be running. He is delusional if he thinks that he can beat Trump. Uh, but you know, then again, DeSantis has announced an exploratory uh, group for the presidency. They they anticipate that he will actually 
toss his hat into the ring in mid-May. And you got to wonder, what's he thinking? Because he's down by, like in some polls, he's down by 30 points. Trump is way ahead of him. Depends on the poll. There was a poll yesterday, but it was a a liberal poll that said that Biden's underwater, but DeSantis beats him 48 to 45 percent. But, of course, their poll has Biden beating Trump 48 to 45 percent. I'm going, it's a liberal poll, and the liberals want DeSantis in the ring and Trump out of it. Bill, why? Remember when the elections took place and, and the polls were all wrong? They were all wrong. Mm-hmm. And You're I can go back to 2016, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, 2016, they were also wrong in 2020, too. But they weren't as wrong as much as they were in 2016. They were way off. And you got to wonder why do we keep going back to polls? Why do we keep referring to them as being accurate? Because we sit here and I can show you a poll that has Trump up by 30 points. You can show me a poll that has. DeSantis beating Biden. I mean, and there there are two polls that were done about the same time. You wonder why can we give any of them credence? Why can we say any of them are valid? Because they're both they're both saying 180 degree differences. You know, I mean, one saying that uh, Trump is down, the other saying Trump is up. Uh, It it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I got a poll right here. Hang on, let me make sure that I got the numbers exactly right. It's got uh, Trump at 78%. Uh, it's got uh, DeSantis at 41%. Right. Yeah, that's what it has. And it has Biden at minus 2%. <laughs> that is uh, the, is that, wait a second, is that the uh, the night poll? Yeah, it was taken uh, at night by night. Oh, man. Uh, and- but, you know, and it, but I can tell you, I, I can guarantee it because... Uh, uh, my dreams are never wrong. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> oh, Bill. Hey, um, we could go on and on. All we can, you got to, folks, when you see all this courtroom noise, realize that's all it is. They're trying to just sully the man's reputation. It should not be allowed. And, you know, if our government were fair, if if Congress really was doing its darn job, they would go after some of these. They would literally bring in all of these different cases, all these different judges, and say, "What's going on here? You're well, in, you're you inf- you're influencing. You're trying to influence a presidential election. You have well, to stop uh, this." Yeah, and they're also influencing another case, the Manhattan case, because this thing with with E. Carroll. Well, now the other case is paused, and so that jury is hearing all of this stuff, and then they go back and hear a case that has no footing, no no bearing. It has no standing. Yeah, but that's true. But what they're going to do, and, and, and they're, they're, they're crossbreeding these two cases here. They're mingling them. And uh, isn't this election tampering? Really? Well, yes, it is by, by the, the, the pure definition. Yeah. But because the media is controlled by the left, um, and uh, the Democrats seem to think they can write all the rules. Yeah. Look, I, I thought by now Hunter would have been uh, hey. behind bars. He's going to the DO, or his attorneys are going to the DOJ because they're going, yeah. well, we're going to file four charges, three of them misdemeanors, and only one that's a real felony felony for um, a tax fraud. You know, yeah, on, this, on some this, income, this, and I'm like going, is, is. so that means he's going to get a skate. Now, the other thing that they're trying to do and Biden's laughing about it, 
is uh, the whistleblower from the IRS that came forward and points out the crime family, which is big. And they're going, wow, within the next six weeks, he could be uh, under impeachment. But, you know, don't believe it. Don't believe it. I mean, he he has he's being protected too much by the Department of Justice. Uh, They are acting like his own personal uh, bodyguard, so to speak. The whole family going to take the weight of China and his his uh, selling, you know, information. They're going to wash it under the bridge, I think, by June. It'll be gone. Well, you know what's going to happen? We'll don't know it, but they'll they'll blow it off. Something major is going to happen, and it'll take our attention away from everything. And while we're watching something else, they'll make some quiet decisions in the background that, like you said, remove those charges and dismiss everything. It'll... it's not honest, it's not fair, but it is reality. We were just talking a little while ago that China is setting up right now uh, to attack Taiwan, that they're no longer preparing for war. They're ready for war. They're all set. Yeah, they've got all their ammunitions. Uh, everyone goes, well, you know, our budget for the military is bigger than theirs. You know, how do we know what their budget is? What they tell us it is? Or do you look at what they've got? They didn't get it for the price that they say they paid. They've got it. They got a budget like ours, probably bigger, and they're ready for war. They said they're ready for the war uh, with the West saying it was the United Kingdom. You know, they don't care about the United Kingdom. I mean, maybe a bomb or two will drop there, but the West is us, and they're ready for it. Now, we don't have, which is interesting, we've given all of our shells to the Ukraine. Yeah. You know, we've supplied them with every piece of gunpowder uh, sh- shell that we have, and we can't make any more. Why? Because there was only one place that made gunpowder in Minden, Louisiana. It blew up in 2019. We don't have anybody anywhere that makes gunpowder in the United States. All we have all the resources to make it, but we don't have the plan to make it. Now, China, who invented gunpowder, well, they have the plans to make and the resources. So if we want to use our shells against them, hey, China, we're getting ready for a war with, oh, I don't know. We just want to protect ourselves. Could we get some gunpowder for our shells? And could we get some for the Ukraine? Now, Russia, mm-hmm. on the other hand, and uh, where is it? South Korea, they say, yes, we've got uh, a million rounds of shells. Now, some will go to the Ukraine. We won't get it. You go to the U- Ukraine. But there's another big supply that goes to Russia uh, because Iran has everything. They have a big stockpile to it, believe it or not. And you know what uh, else? Uh, an interesting point I should make up. Uh, make I heard yesterday that for the per- first time in either 30 or 40 years, uh, we're now bringing our su- nuclear submarines into South Korea. We're parking our nuclear submarines in South Korea. Um, I'm not sure whether that's such a great idea. We've gotten along really well by being off the coast of Korea, but apparently uh, there's an advantage to bringing them them into port, maybe for refueling or cleaning or maintenance. I'm not sure, but uh, I guess the North Koreans, the North Koreans are not happy about it. Yeah, I don't blame them. Uh, well, what was Biden said? Well, you know, if North Korea wants to get involved, uh, he basically said that. You know they won't exist. Really? Are we threatening uh, North Korea? That's, that's yeah, but like this guy is China. this guy is all huff and no puff. Trust me, he's not going to 
he he i don't think he will ever uh attack china even if they go after taiwan China I just, is going after Taiwan, but they're not going to just do Taiwan. They're going to attack us, too. They have got, now, from what I saw, it was three ships. Uh, they've got an aircraft carrier, one of their newer ones. They've got a support ship, looks like a fueling ship, and a destroyer that are, uh, well, yesterday they were 140 nautical miles off the coast of uh, Taiwan and heading there. Well, why are they heading there? What are they going to do? I mean, yeah. They, they're going to use the platform of the well, ship. Well, see, I, I think that what they'll say to the U.S. is, uh, you, Stay the hell you, you get involved and we'll come after you. And, and I think the, the difference is a guy like Trump would have said, no, you won't. No, well, you yeah. won't. And, and, but I think this guy, this guy in the White House who is so corrupt, so much uh, a part of their whole system, I, I think that he'll just, uh, it's not to our advantage right now to get involved in another war how yeah. mighty is our military well if china gets mad at us they could they could uh, seek another balloon on us yeah you know, maybe a couple of balloons they might send over here hey you know we we, talk, we don't know what to do with them we i don't know if you heard about this uh yesterday uh tara lee wrote us she's a uh, health and human services whistleblower she mm -hmm. she testified in front of the house judiciary committee uh, and what she said was the U.S. government has become a middleman in a large-scale multi-billion dollar child trafficking operation run by bad actors seeking to profit from the lives of children. Listen to what she said. Good afternoon, Chairman McClintock, Ranking Member DePaul, and distinguished members of the committee. It is an honor to be here. I thank you for the invitation to share my testimony. My goal is to inspire action to safeguard the lives of migrant children, including the staggering 85,000 that are missing. Today, children will work overnight shifts at slaughterhouses, factories, restaurants to pay their debts to smugglers and traffickers. Today, children will be sold for sex. Today, children will call a hotline to report they are being abused, neglected, and trafficked. And we don't know if they're going to get the help they need. For nearly a decade, unaccompanied children have been suffering in the shadows. And I have to confess, I knew nothing about their suffering until 2021 when I volunteered to help the Biden administration with the crisis at the southern border. As part of Operation Artemis, I was deployed to the Pomona Fairplex Emergency Intake Site in California to help HHS, Office of Refugee Resettlement, reunite children with sponsors in the United States. I thought I was going to help place children in loving homes. Instead, I discovered that children are being trafficked through a sophisticated network that begins with recruiting in home country, smuggling to the U.S. border, and ends when ORR delivers a child to a sponsor. Some sponsors are criminals and traffickers and members of transnational criminal organizations. Some sponsors view children as commodities and assets to be used for earning income. This is why we are witnessing an explosion of labor trafficking. Now, whether it's intentional or not, it could be argued that the United States government has become the middleman in a large-scale, multi-billion-dollar child trafficking operation that is run by bad actors seeking to profit off of the lives of children. As for me, my interest is the safety of the children. I 
do not view this as a political issue. I view this as a humanitarian issue. I assure you, my motives are the highest and best. I want the children protected. So I want to tell you some of what I witnessed personally at the Pomona Fairplex. I saw vulnerable indigenous children from Guatemala who speak Mayan dialects and cannot speak Spanish. That means they cannot ask for help in English. They cannot help for, ask for help in Spanish. They become captives of their sponsors. I have sat with case managers as they've cried to tell me the horror of what has happened to children as they make the journey to this country. I saw apartment buildings where 20, 30, and 40 unaccompanied minors have been released. I saw sponsors trying to simultaneously sponsor children from multiple ORR sites at one time. I saw sponsors using multiple addresses to obtain sponsorships of children. And I saw numerous cases of children in debt bondage and the child knew they had to stay with the sponsor until the debt was paid. Realizing that we were not offering the children the American dream, but instead putting them in modern day slavery with wicked overlords was a terrible revelation, a terrible revelation. These children are a captive victim population with no access to law enforcement or knowledge of their rights. They are extorted, abused, neglected. And that is why I blew the whistle in 2021. I witnessed firsthand the horrors of child trafficking and exploitation. My life will never be the same after what I saw. But I have hope because I'm counting on you. It's my hope that you'll take action to end this crisis, to safeguard the lives of, most of these vulnerable children. People have asked me, you know, what can be done? What would you suggest? Well, first, I think HHS's number one priority is oversight. They must commit to oversight, transparency, and accountability. If I could wave a magic wand, this, I believe, could be quickly solved by experts in the IG community. There is a Pandemic Analytics Center of Excellence, or the PACE, as we call it. I believe if data analysts at the PACE could look at the data, children could be rescued, criminals could be prosecuted if the PACE had access to this data. It shows where the children are and who has them. I think also we need to change the culture of speed over safety. Speed is the wrong performance measure when dealing with children. We need to revamp the vetting process of sponsors and have case managers who have investigative backgrounds, data analytics backgrounds, some certified fraud examiners. And I think we need to reimagine a system where the sponsor is the accountable party. Sponsors should be required to report to ORR. And lastly, stop retaliating against whistleblowers. Stop retaliating against the people who are trying to tell the truth to save the children. As it is written, a wise man listens to advice while a fool continues in his folly. And HHS needs to be wise to care for these children. Thank, thank you very much. So, you know, there's got to be a hot place in hell for people who do what uh, these people have done, you know. Well, we need to make this hell on earth for them because... Try a child trafficking. Uh, it is illegal, and it should be stopped right away. And, and the fact that you go out and kidnap a kid and say, well, you know what, well, you can get out of this, but you're going to have to work for me and do what I tell you to do to pay off this debt. 
what the hell debt is that? You know what? Maybe we need a bigger piranha out there that goes and captures the child traffickers and say, you know what? You got to pay off your debt. When I oh. hear about stuff like this, though, I, I, I can't help but feel that we've gone too far. To, yeah, we've gone to a point where I don't think anybody can can stop the, the corruption, the process. I mean, if Trump were to come into office today, uh, could he fix everything? I mean, it, it has been, it has been, dis- the southern border has been destroyed. Uh, thousands of young children have been, have been shipped across and abused. I mean, you heard her say it, and not just, uh, uh, abused and put to work overnight in factories and stuff like that, but sexually abused. Uh, I mean, they have been trafficked in such a way that we can only imagine what they've gone through. How in the name of heaven do we stop this? I mean, do we have the courage as a country to stand up and clean this mess up? I don't know whether we. I don't know whether we do. Uh, well, you know what? You're you're creating an angry society out there because not all these kids are going to be in captivity forever, but they're going to remember what happened to them and they're going to remember who did it to them. And they're going to remember who didn't stand up and fight for them. And that's if they live through it, Bill. That's if if they they live live through it. it. But the ones that do, do you think that they're going to go and have productive lives or do you think that they're going to come back and maybe retaliate and, and, and lash out against Everybody. Yeah, yeah, that could happen. Yes, and I don't absolutely. blame them. You know, so we got future terrorists. We got this. We got that. You know, and you got to sit there and go, can Trump fix all this? Well, how many, you know, how many things are there to fix? We got the economy. We got war. We got trafficking. We drugs. got drugs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. You know, there's probably over 100 things to fix. Can you get it all done? You've got uh, things going on with well, you know, do we need gas or do we go to electric? Do we do this? Do we do that? We got abortion, everything. And while you're trying to fix it, you have an element of the deep state, an element of our own government trying to get in the way of you fixing it, to stop you from fixing it. Because if you fix it, they'll be exposed. So while you're trying to do the right thing, there's an element trying to stop you from doing that right thing, a, a strong element with a lot of money, an element some will say are so influential they can fix elections, they can throw elections, they can minimize you, they can have courts put you in court for uh, 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 forever, forever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, are we at a point where the only way this is fixed is if something drastic happens, God forbid? I mean... I think we're on the verge of something catastrophic. I don't, well, I and so I too, have, me... I have no idea what it is. But you know, they talk about uh, Trump keeps saying uh, the the N word, meaning nuclear. Uh, I would not put it past somebody somewhere to try to do something like that uh, to hurt us as a country. We are the weakest we've ever been, Bill. Yeah, we are. But you know, I, I got to believe that. Uh... You know, you got technology out there. And you know what? In a way, we are at war with technology and artificial intelligence because that is on the horizon. And artificial intelligence, you go, well, it's a machine. We can turn it off. No, we can't. And the way that artificial intelligence is working, it's going to replace us. And at some point in time, when's the machine going to say, 
you know, get rid of the carbon units here. Let's get, they're done. And, you know, it sounds like a script from a movie, but let me tell you something. It is reality now. You know, one of the things that if somebody wants to, you always see these motivational people, they say, you know, if you want to achieve something in life, take the top 10 or the top five things in your life and put them down in order of what you want to do. That's your goals. Well, you do that in the morning, you look at that list, you go, no, number one really should be number three, number four should be number one. You move them around. You do it at noon, you do it at dinner, maybe before you go to bed. And if you keep doing that regime every day, well, you get focused on what it is you really want to do and you have a process and an order. Mm -hmm. Take the problems that we got in this country right, and make that list. Is it a top 10 list? It's surely more than a top five, so maybe a top 10? Yeah. Well, there's probably over 100 things. So take the top 10 things that are on your mind today. Write it down. Do that exercise at noon. Do it at night to see, based on the day, how you might move that around. And over a couple of weeks' time, see where the focus goes. And you're going to find out what we got. The problems we got are too heavy to manage. I don't know how we get anything solved. I I honestly think that... uh... We're at that point. We're at the point where uh, it is. Uh, it can't be fixed by one guy, one administration. You know that if Trump were to get into office again, the left would start going after him immediately, trying to besmirch him, trying to impeach him. I mean, the the, the left won't think twice about impeaching the guy a third time. And- Not to sound religious, but the world is broken. The devil has won unless... We have the second coming of Christ, if you want to look at it religiously, because I think it's that broke. Well, listen, you know? listen, you know, you've heard the expression, once shame on you, twice shame on me. Well, yeah. in 2017, Fox took their number one show, their yep. number one guy who was making them literally more than Tucker was making them, uh, Bill O'Reilly, and they fired him, and then they tried to besmirch his name. They tried to sully his reputation. They tried to make an excuse that was palatable to their audience, a reason same for them. Same excuse for Tucker. But now they're trying to do the same thing with Tucker. They didn't do it initially. Initially, because it was so quick, they didn't do this. But then they're trying to imply that maybe he was difficult to deal with and he was a, a, a chauvinistic in his approach to his work, his workplace and stuff like that. Well, yesterday, Tucker came out for the first time in a couple mm-hmm. of days. And uh, he, if, if he did anything yesterday, he proved that he still has a camera and he still has a microphone and his audience will find him. And he got this message out. Listen. Good evening. It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's gotta be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. 
When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. Okay, you hear what he said at the very end? Yeah. See you soon. Yeah, <laughs> something's up. Uh, and, and that's a good thing. I think he's a, he's an articulate, uh, solid speaker of truth. Well, and, and I also think, you know, he's a positive person. You got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in your cause. And you got to keep keep the faith. You know, that, that I guess that's the best thing. He's uh-huh. keeping the faith that something will prevail. He'll be back. And don't don't write me off because yeah. I'm here. And, and that, which well, is this, Trump's this is, doing it too. This has got to be a difficult thing to hear when you're at Fox. You know what he said about the truth is uh, positive and it's uh, it, it it's clean and it's refreshing and it's and it lasts. The truth lasts. He said in conver- you know conversely, lies don't last. They are they they're surrounded with filth. I think he used the word filth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, I think he's absolutely correct. Well, you know, the truth is out there. We just got to go find it. And that's all there is to it. As far as the filth, it doesn't last, but it does collect. And, you know, the left is going to keep throwing their, mm-hmm. their, their vermin out there, their, their whatever you want to call it. They're going to keep throwing the crap out there. And it's going to stack up. We've got to go and be truth seekers and clean up this mess. Okay, so one piece at a time. Can we do it? Can we do it, Bill? Can we clean up this terrible mess that has been created by the left? You know it's getting deeper and deeper by the day. Do we have the the wherewithal to stop this and correct it before uh, we've reached the point of no return? Or have we already reached that point already? Well... I don't know that you ever reach the point of no return, but I could say the simple answer is yes, and the simple answer is no. Uh, Well, I'm going to explain that. You want to confuse the old guy, do you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to confuse the old guy. I'm an old guy, too. Let me get a mirror here as I can talk to myself. Can we change everything? Yes, one thing at a time, but not one. Tucker can't do it by himself. Trump can't do it by himself. Uh... Uh, the uh, Congress can't do it by themselves. McCarthy can't do it by, by the way, the national debt now, $31 trillion, just so you know. Unbelievable. Uh, but, but we can, as a collective, do it. If we all work together, 
you know, you pick up, you, it, it's like running a race. Somebody passes the baton, make sure you're there to get that baton. And maybe we need a lot of people running and taking the baton and getting this done. So yeah, it can be done. But it can't be done if we sit back and expect someone else to do it for us. Biden wants to raise the uh, the debt ceiling to what fifty one trillion. Now there was a time, by the way, in my lifetime, not too long ago, when they said that if you get to three trillion dollars in debt, you're going to put a burden on your kids that they'll never be able to hold up. Well, it's going to be unbearable for them. You know, I mean, there was a time, you know, you talked hundreds, then you talked thousands, then hundreds of thousands. Then we got to the millions. Oh, we're in the millions. And then we got into the billions. billions. Now we're in the trillions. Now we're in the trillions. I remember as a kid, what comes after 100, 999,000? That's a billion, Bill. And then I'm going, oh, okay. You know, well, what happens when you get to 999 billion? Well, that's a trillion. Oh, yeah, and it keeps on going to infinity. And I'm mm-hmm. like going, oh, what comes after a trillion? Well, because if we go to 51 billion, we'll be at a you know, uh, trillion. We'll be at the next num- denominator of that. Can't these um, people realize in Washington that there is a point? It's it's like we've we've opened a hole in the ship, and now they're just making the hole bigger. It's going to sink faster with a bigger hole. You know, that's what they've done here. They've first, it was a small hole with a small leak and it was manageable, but they have made the hole bigger. More water has come in and now it's, it's ridiculous. This thing is going to go down. Well, you know, that's why, you know, we were looking at uh, switching the country to cryptocurrency and uh, you know, you got NFTs and things like that. And what you really have to look at is how that system works. I mean, you can actually create your own cryptocurrency. Either you got to be able to write the code to do it yourself, or there are some uh, forms that are out there, but you you write in their back, you can actually create your cryptocurrency on their back. And as long as they're around, you're around. And, or NFT art. Let's say that you create this digital piece of art. It's NFT. Mm-hmm. All right. It costs you 10 cents to draw it, let's say. You really have no value in this thing. But you put it out there and you say, yes, this is uh, Jim Harrington uh, original NFT art. And there's only going to be a hundred of them out there. And each one is worth a million dollars. Theoretically, you've got a hundred million dollars sitting there that really has no value. But when somebody buys it, collects it, they just gave you your value and so on and so forth. It's not real. We were inventing a currency that's not real, which is kind of what we're doing now, printing money. At what point does it end? Because at some point, you know, it's... I know. Well, I guess... We're living in a dream. Okay. We've, we've just talked about uh, child trafficking. At what point does that end? We've talked about the border. At what point does that uh, whole fiasco at the border end? Uh, no answer. Now we're talking about the economy and, and the, uh, the debt ceiling. And at what point does that end? We don't have an answer. They haven't given us an answer as to when the, our involvement in the Ukraine war is over. There's no out, no end game there. No getting out of that. All they keep saying is we have to put more and more of our money into it and more and more of our assets into it. And in the meantime, uh, we're dying over here in debt and we're, we have, 
We have a shortage in our own ammunition, our own munitions. You heard what Bill said about 10 minutes ago. Uh, Our only uh, gunpowder plant in the United States blown up in 2019, and now we're getting our gunpowder from the Chinese. It it is absolutely mind-boggling. I don't know how we're going to fix this. At some point, something has to happen. You know, you can only put so much pressure, so much weight on, on a society, on a, on a country, without it breaking. And they keep piling on and piling on with more nonsense. And it keeps bending and bending. At some point, we're going to collapse. It's going to break. If you sat in a kitchen and you had a pressure cooker in there and you took all the nasty things that could you find in the kitchen and put it in that pressure cooker, sealed it up, and turned it on high, you know, which is what we are. We're a pressure cooker right now. Would you stay in that room waiting to see what happens? Would you turn it off or would you get the hell out of that house? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, the containment is going to blow. And when it does, it's going to be a big mess. So as far as the war in the Ukraine, the end result in that is going to be a a global thermal nuclear war. That's all. That's the only end game. And who's going to lose in that? Well, chances are, uh, you know, NATO, the Western world as we know it, so we're gone, you know, the United Kingdom, they're done with us. When you see someone like Asa Hutchinson entering the presidential candidacy, uh, the race, uh, as uh, conservative and then saying he's for the war, he's Mm -hmm. for our involvement in the Ukraine, uh, that speaks volumes for the deep state because Asa Hutchinson is deep state. He owes everything he's got to uh, being supported by those people. And by the way, we don't really know who those people are. Those are the ones who are in the shadows. Those are the ones with the money. I wanted to point this out to you before we run out of time. I thought this was interesting. Someone explained this, and I think it's true. Um, Maybe maybe I still have it on my... uh, and my little telephone here. Please stand you by. You could have it right there. Yeah. By the way, we still got plenty of time. We got about ten minutes to go before they come in with that uh, that big uh, stick that has the hook on yeah. the end of it and <laughs> get us by the neck. <laughs> a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, sent this to me, and I read it and thought, oh, "This is this is mind-boggling." It says the real reason why Tucker Carlson was fired, and I didn't realize this, but it says. Who owns Dominion Resources, which is the company that sued Fox and won the big judgment last week of $787 billion? Was it yeah, no, it was million. I'm sorry, yeah. $787 million. Well, what's, what's, a, what's a letter here? It's just shy of a yeah, billion, yes. yes. But it's owned by BlackRock Investments and the Vanguard mm-hmm. Group. BlackRock and the Vanguard Group. Uh, they and also a con- company called State Street Corporation. Dominion has a lot of their money. They're backing from uh, Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street. Uh, Fox News, one of their big investors, BlackRock, I believe Vanguard. Um, so if you got it right, they lost the settlement to kind of like themselves, if you know what I'm saying. Right. Remember I said that the Fox is not going to have to pay this? 
Mm-hmm. The, what's going to happen is, the you know they sued themselves as an excuse to probably not be so right leaning. You're going to see them dissolve into the mainstream, you know, psycho babble that's out there on all the other channels. That's all it's about. You know, they're not going to lose any money in the scheme of things. I think you're going to find out, folks, when all is said and done, when the dust settles and everything, that a handful of investment groups like Vanguard and BlackRock own a large chunk of most everything we watch on television, everything that's influential, if you know what I mean. And if uh, they still have the right disclosures on who owns... You might be surprised who in Washington, D.C. might own a piece of Vanguard or BlackRock. You'd be very surprised. You know, there's some homework for you to do. You might not find anybody, and I could be talking out of my hat, but I do believe there's a couple of prominent names, and I'm not going to mention it because I haven't researched it myself. I've mm-hmm. heard. So, I mean, it's interesting. I, I thought that uh, that was a surprise to me, but a lot of the same investment companies – own large chunks of the different media platforms and companies like Dominion. I don't know whether the election was rigged. I have no idea. Uh, but I, I know that a lot of people are asking questions, and they're trying desperately to suppress them from asking those questions. You know, I mean, there was a time in our history when you could ask questions without fear of any kind of retaliation. That doesn't True. seem to be the case anymore. If you ask no. a question, they go after you, uh, mm-hmm. and that and that's and that's sad. That's really sad. We have got to become the country we once were. But again, this goes back to what we were asking a few minutes ago. Are we beyond that point? Are we beyond that point of no return? And well, uh, I mean, you know, if you look at it from the Vanguard and BlackRock point of view, it's done. You know, because um, you're, you know, they own you. Yeah. We, we, you know, just like we were talked about how bad child trafficking is, are we not the children in this scenario? And they are the masters that pull the strings of us, the children, and we are being trafficked. Boy, this sure isn't the country I was uh, brought up to respect and love uh, if we're being controlled uh, like we think we are. Um, i gotta got to mention this before we end, too. Dylan Mulvaney, you know, speaking of noise and, and nonsense oh, in yeah, the news. He's the face of, uh, well, never Maybelline. Maybelline. Yeah. May, he's doing commercials now on TikTok for Maybelline. And uh, you would think companies would learn, like Budweiser has lost over a billion dollars in revenue. And, you know, what doesn't make any sense to me is why isn't the women's movement going bananas right now? Why aren't they doing, well, there was one lady, Megan Kelly, she said this, remember? If we don't find our voices and start speaking up against this nonsense, we can kiss every woman's face goodbye. We can kiss women's rights goodbye. We can kiss sororities goodbye. We can take off our tops and our underwear and do our yoga in front of perverted men who just want to get off watching us till the cows come home, stick your daughter in the sorority, let them at her. Find your voices, ladies, and the men who support us. Otherwise, this is our future. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to deal with this shit at, at, at Tridelt, at Kappa Kappa Gamma, in the women's locker room. You can be supportive of trans people and what they're going through without surrendering to this madness. 
Uh, you got to love that lady, though. She she mm-hmm. she has no problem speaking her mind. And um, but you got to wonder why you don't hear from now and other other feminist organizations saying, "Hey, stop it! You can't take our stuff. You can't take our prizes and our trophies. You can't encroach into our sports, into our bathrooms." They should be they should be protesting, like she said, and it's wrong. She but, also, she also mentioned uh, she went after Tucker Carlson's uh, firing too. She was on Tucker's side and she defended him. And Keith Oberman, who used to do sports and he was pretty interesting when he just stayed in the sports arena, but then he ventured into politics and showed his lunatic leftist side, and uh, he has never uh, wavered from that. Well, uh, he apparently went after Megyn Kelly for for backing uh, Tucker Carlson and uh, questioning why Fox had done it. And so Megan came back at Keith Oberman. Even uh, Keith Oberman was saying similar things, uh, comparing Tucker to a Nazi. He also, for good measure, decided to tweet about me because I said Tucker is going to be better off without Fox and said something to the effect of, you got fired from Fox and NBC. What would you know about it? So first of all, you misstate the circumstances of my departure from NBC, sir. That's all I'm allowed to say about it. Uh, And as for Fox, there were widely reported facts that I was offered $100 million to stay there. uh, But the record's very clear that I left voluntarily because I wanted to raise my family, something you don't know anything about because no one would marry you and you have no children. You have a cold, lonely life in which you become a bitter, bitter man. Something I wouldn't know anything about because my life is joyful and I've managed to raise my own children. And someday, I hope you have that pleasure. But I don't have high hopes it's going to happen. <laughs> the boy, did she nail him, huh? Yeah. No, she, you know, that's why I was back said what I said. You know, I'm backing what she's saying there. And women should be upset with what's going on, but they're not. And she doesn't get it. I don't get it. Mm. Again, this is noise. This is noise, and it's intentional noise to keep us distracted while they're doing the real damage to our country. I mean, while we're watching uh, Dylan Mulvaney act like an idiot on uh, TikTok, putting on Maybelline makeup, and again with his perpetually uh, in-place smile, it's like, oh, my dear goodness. Uh, Well... He really and truly uh, is a distraction, and we're we're stupid for paying him one bit of attention. Well, maybe the next product he's going to take down is going to be Maybelline, because if you remember, Linda Carter was the Maybelline woman, and she was also Wonder Woman. Because yeah. um, Shearing Plow, I think, I don't know who owns it now, but when they were in Memphis, um, you know, I, the, the building downtown with all the radio stations of Shearing Plow, also, you'd see the big wigs from, you know, from Maybelline come in, and along with Linda Carter. And I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, during this whole story, are we going to see Mulvaney dressed up as Wonder Woman putting on Maybelline products next? Oh, my God. Don't give them any ideas, Bill. Don't give them any ideas because they probably will do that. Hey, we've uh, just about done it for another program. Uh, It's another day. Goodness knows what's going to happen in the next 24 hours. It seems like every time we end a show, we wonder, well, what what will we talk about tomorrow? And within hours, we've got the next show's material uh, planned. Yeah, really. You know, you've got got reams of paper. I've got reams of paper. I've got handwritten notes. Yeah. And not one thing is checked off on these notes. (laughs) I know. It's amazing. to talk about you know folks you got to pray for our country really do oh before i forget bill 
Uh, Tucker Carlson spoke in front of the Heritage Foundation on Thursday, and it was actually his last public appearance while he was still a host at Fox. And he spoke for about 20 minutes, and he was brilliant. It was a masterful speech, and it irritated uh, Rupert Murdoch because he— Oh, too bad. Well, because he mentioned things like belief in God and faith and values and the fight between good and evil. And these are things that Murdoch doesn't like because I don't think he believes in those values. But uh, And that's some people believe that might have gotten Tucker fired. But I'm thinking that I have the audio of that, uh, of that 20-minute speech— and I was thinking maybe we'll put it up online too later yeah. today, uh, so yeah. you can you can listen to our show today. And then if you haven't heard Tucker's speech at the Heritage Foundation, uh, we may just post that too, so you'll have that. Yeah, I'll have to make a link for it, but yeah, we can do that. It's no problem. I can stick it. I can post it just like we post a show. Uh, yeah, put it up there. But uh, you know, and that that's that. Yeah. Hey, listen, folks. Have a wonderful Thursday. Can you believe it's Thursday already? Thank God it's Thursday. You know <laughs> no, what? You're ahead of yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know. Every day, well, every day it's another day. Literally, I mean, we kind of did this title tongue-in-cheek, but now, yeah, it's another day. What's next, you know, because there's always something crazy going on in the news. Uh, by the way, if you want to reach us, 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. Mail it's another day.com do get in touch with us uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, you got thoughts send them to us you got questions send them to us hey you got money no i'm kidding yeah i was uh, thinking anyway. when you were saying that i was thinking of a, a bit that uh, the late great soupy sales did once uh go to your parents wallet <laughs> and get one dollar bill <laughs> and put it in an envelope it, and address it to it's, it's another day <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> the business we were in, folks, broadcasting. Have a great day, my friend. We'll see you tomorrow. Adios. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>